Welcome to episode number 181 of the Film Pulse Podcast. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Reichstrahl. How are you doing there, Kevin? I'm doing all right. So this week on the show, we'll be talking about the films of Wes Craven with reviews of The Serpent and the Rainbow and The People Under the Stairs. We'll be doing some mini-reviews. I don't, I don't know what else you saw this week, Kevin, but I saw a whole bunch of Wes Craven stuff. I rewatched some stuff. Oh, uh, saw some stuff for the first time, so I can I can actually weigh in on quite a number of Wes Craven movies. Oh boy! So we'll be doing that along with going over some of we've been watching this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, DVD and Blu-ray releases, the huge, the huge. That's right. The normal stuff. Yeah. Uh, bef- before we first jump into our first review, Foam Pulse plays back in action. I started. Uh, bringing that back, I've been doing. Uh, I've been on Twitch recently. D- dove into Twitch streaming. That's been pretty fun. Uh, so if you want to check that out, I don't have any like set schedule for that. So what I'll do is just send out a tweet before I I hop on Twitch. Uh, what I want to do in the future, because I haven't decided if I want to do the YouTube gaming or do Twitch. I've been kind of experimenting with both. I like them both uh, for different reasons. So for now, before I get a set schedule, I'll just send out a tweet before I hop on. Right now, I've been playing Mad Max. Uh, I put a Film Pulse plays up earlier this week. I played the Mad Max game for the Nintendo, and that was that was pretty fun to make that video. So be sure to check that out. Just uh, there, there, there's a playlist on our YouTube page that has everything. So let's uh, go ahead and jump into our first review. I was, I was thinking we could start with uh, The Serpent and the Rainbow. So this oh, is directed by, obviously, Wes Craven. Stars Bill Pullman, Kathy Tyson. Uh, I have a synopsis here. An anthropologist goes to Haiti after hearing rumors about a drug used by black magic practitioners to turn people into zombies. This came out in 1988. Now, I'll start, I'll start with this one. Do it. Get this off. I always heard good things about this movie, and I gotta say, this for me, this was definitely not one of Wes Craven's best. I had a hard time getting into this one. It's it's sort of a zombie movie in a way. It's it's the Haitian zombie movie. It kind of goes back to the roots of the zombie phenomenon, and there were there were parts that I liked. Specifically, the the finale. I loved the finale when he finally goes up against uh, what's what's the guy's name? Dart uh, Dargent. Oh yeah, played by Zakes. Yeah, played Zakes by okay. Yeah, who he's in a lot of stuff. That guy. Um, so I liked that aspect of it, but overall, I I found it to be kind of ridiculous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what are your initial impressions on the Serpent and the Rainbow? My initial impression is the exact opposite of you. Oh, really? I enjoyed everything except the ending. I could uh, everything just fell apart at the end. And I just hated it. Well, I agree. But what was, I'm saying is, it I it was so to me, it was so ridiculous that ending. It was that it was just too much for me with like the spirits, mm-hmm. the spirits busting out of the bottles, and then the, like all of a sudden, Bill Pullman has. Like this, what was it, like a spirit of a tiger? 
like a tiger spirit over top <laughs> of him, superimposed. And then, he, you know, and I don't, well, like, I wanted to know where did they get their powers from all of a sudden? Like, they're throwing each other across the room. Like, they have super strength. And it's just like, it's, I don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. But I will have to say this. The 80s? The 80s. Yeah, it was just too much I think, did every movie have someone getting lit on fire? Like, completely engulfed in flames? I think so. I'm pretty they sure. Lo- I mean, they loved to show that shit off, didn't they? I, yeah, well, that that actually reminds me of Swamp Thing. I watched Swamp Thing Did this, they light this someone week. on fire in there? And there's, yeah, there's a serious... <laughs> there is a major scene with somebody on fire where he's just running around forever. And I know that the... I can't remember which Friday the 13th movie. It's one of the later Friday the 13th movies. They actually set the record for someone being on fire the longest in one single take. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You can always tell that they're trying to go as long as possible. Yeah. Just, like, after a while, you're just like, okay, I get it. This guy's on fire. Like, this doesn't really have anything to do with the film anymore. We get it. But you know that they're they're doing it for themselves. Just yeah. like, uh, how long can we do this for? And yeah. it's almost like they forget that they're, that they're making a movie for, like, an audience. Uh, of course. It just becomes, like, a YouTube video thrown in where it's like, let's see how... A stunt video. And they always do the same movements where they're flailing their arms. Uh-huh. And then at the end, they, they always go down in a very specific way at the mm-hmm. end. I mean, whoever was manufacturing that gel during the 80s, I, they had to be fucking raking it. Yeah, in. they used a lot of it in this movie. Because they were like doing the rituals where he, they were lighting their hands on fire. and. Oh, man. I think like even on Golden Pond. I think I think someone <laughs> got lit on fire in that. I think Henry Fonda. I think they lit Henry Fonda on fire. Let me let me tell you, if they he did, he flailed around for like two minutes. I think. I, I would love that movie if they did, but I don't Go think back. they actually I did. I really wish someone sit down and watch all '80s movies and give me a total. Just I just need people a total. burning. Yeah, just oh, there's a lot. Completely engulfed in flames. There, there's it. a whole lot. There's a whole lot. Oh, you know it. They need to bring that shit back. I just... Everything about this movie, to me, was... It was just cheesy. I couldn't take any it was, of it seriously. But it, it was tough, too, because... Let's be honest, Pullman's not good in this. Well, that's the thing. That's that's the really thing... That's the thing that really hindered it for me, was that I found that Bill Pullman was kind of ridiculous. And the the voiceover... I, I, fig- oh, yeah. I figured you were going to have a real hard time oh. with the nonstop voiceover. His like little journal entries that he would do. Yeah. I mean, it was heavy early on, and thank, thank God it kind of died off a little bit towards the end. Yeah, a little bit. Which, which made it much, much better. It was, it was easier to sit through. But, like, that, and, like, the opening to this movie, I think, is fantastic. Like, the, the actual visuals in this, like, the cinematography is fantastic. Oh, I agree. Like, everything that takes place in Haiti, the opening, how there's, like, they don't explain anything. There's, like, no dialogue. A guy just shows up, steals a coffin, leaves the camera movements and the, all the people running around. It's just unbelievable. And then that, like, uh, you know, where they're doing the religious ceremony, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. The, the procession up up the mountain, where everyone has candles and everything. Like, the stuff that's not horror movie in this is amazing. It's fantastic. I don't know. So that, you, that, that's kind of... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to go on then. Some of the horror elements are fantastic, like the... the uh, the more like psychological when he's having his dreams and stuff. Yeah. Like I enjoyed the hand coming out of the soup. Yeah. And that woman attacking him and stuff. 
I liked the scene when he was kind of getting pulled underneath in the ground. Mm-hmm. That scene. That, oh my that God. looked. Oh, he's in that room and it turns into a coffin. Yeah. Up. Oh my God. Yeah, that was cool. Like, that, that's what bothers me is like you have this all this stuff that's going on and it's just it's it's creepy, it's bizarre, it's just fantastic. And then you get to the end and it all just turns into just like over the top ridiculousness where they're just throwing each other across the room and spirit animals and stuff and chairs moving it's just oh it's a bummer his leopard spirit his leopard spirit (laughs) leopard yeah and you're thinking you know like this guy Dargent can control people from Haiti he can control people in America I'm pretty sure Dargent would have got you know Dennis Allen killed within like five minutes oh yeah he can kill people just for the hell of it like he, he I mean he can for any reason he can just get you that's what I mean. Like, Bill Pullman's getting away from this shit? Come on. I did not like the love story they threw in there. Nah, it's got a weird sex scene, too, going on. We had that sex scene. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, slow it down at the end? Yes. She's, she, I, like, I don't, I, I was having difficulty uh, interpreting her, her face. Facial expression. It was animalistic. I couldn't tell if she was enjoying herself or it was it was like painful. I don't I don't know. It was kind of tough to figure out what was going on. And people kept putting fingers in other people's mouths. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> lots of mouth stuff. fingering. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of stuff going on, man. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I hate, I hate anytime you gotta force that sex scene in there. Yeah, I mean. Wes Craven doesn't do that a whole lot in his movies either. He's not. And it felt so out of place. Yeah, too. it did. It's just like all of a sudden they're just in the woods, like on the ground. Let's do it. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't get into that nonsense. Yeah, out of now. Full disclosure, I have not seen all of his movies. I wanted to try to cram all of them in, or the ones that I haven't seen before, cram them all in this week, but I was unable to. So there's still maybe uh, a handful or so that I have not seen of his that I do plan on seeing. But uh, for me, this one was definitely not one of his his strongest entries, but at the same time, it, it... absolutely has that Wes Craven feel to it where it's it's a it's a very distinct horror story that is uh, based around a real life situation a real life phenomenon you know yeah he seems to like to do that and and a lot of his horror movies have very similar themes to them he likes to mess around with uh, unconscious thought and dreams and things like that which is I man that shit is it's fascinating when he gets into that that's his wheelhouse right there oh yeah yeah that 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 those nightmarish you know dream dream imagery that he comes up with oh boy yeah and that's that's one thing that i've always appreciated about his films is that there's always there's always something more there's always something under the surface with his films there's some sort of subtext to them and even though all of his movies might not be the best, and we'll get to that in a little bit, I think yeah, that I mean, they're, they're always original, at least. I just, it felt weird, too, with this one, with it being Haiti, and then, like, tying in Duvalier. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it kind of felt, I don't know, a bit exploitative. 
Maybe I I guess I could see that thought, but I don't know. I don't know. Try and balance it out a little bit by you know actually showing a lot of like the entire because it almost feels like it just takes a break in the middle there, and it's just like it's it's a documentary now. We're just showing you their that it is kind of how it feels. Yeah, you know this is their ceremony, which it looks amazing. I mean the cinematography is fantastic. I like what the Brad the Brad fetal score. Yeah. Oh man. I like when they were eating the glass and the the hot embers. Hot embers. Unbelievable. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what are you giving the serpent and the rainbow out of ten? I give it. Uh, I'm being generous with the seven. Wow, that's impressive. There is so much in here that I like. It's such an impressive movie, but it just like falls flat on its face at the end. So I'm I'm gonna like six or seven. Okay. We're there. We're waffling. We're I'm uh two. I'm gonna give this one a five and a half out of ten. Oh boy. Yeah. What about the old uh, spike through the scrotum? <laughs> that was good. I mean, I liked that. Yeah. He kind of took charge. <laughs> he kind of took charge there at the end. Got shit done. That was, that was uh oh boy. And that was fun because I liked that. You know it. He, that happens to him and then there's like that kind of little bit of a montage where he's like resting and she's taking care of him and everything he's doing his little voiceover and then a little bit later he's like she's asking him about it and he's like oh it's, it's nothing it's just it just went through the scrotum up completely fine it was no big deal and it's like dude you were in bed for like five days don't try and be like a badass and say that it didn't hurt yeah <laughs> like you screamed like you screamed like a little girl and then you had to be nursed back to health for like five days. Yeah. Dead. Come on now. Protect your scrot. <laughs> you just never get yourself into a situation that your scrotum is just out there, just hanging out to dry. Ready to you be pierced. You can't, you can't be do that to your scrotum. You can't do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You cherish it. Protect it. Yep. So that's the serpent in the rainbow. I still recommend checking it out. I think that it's a classic Wes Anderson, a lot of uh, Wes Anderson, Wes Craven. <laughs> I wish I kind of wish I, that Wes, would, Wes Anderson directed that. I would love to see Wes Anderson remake The Serpent in the Rainbow, especially that scrotum scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it, it would be a delight. <laughs> they have like oh, the, the the Kinks would be playing in the background or something, <laughs> or, or uh, Needle in the Hay. <laughs> oh god. All right, let's talk about uh, people under the stairs. That's our next one. So this is this came out in 1991. Now I should also mention that that Wes Craven writes all of his movies too. So he's not that. That's the other thing that uh, I always admire about him is that these are his movies. These aren't just movies that you know he was attached to direct. He was hired by a studio to direct. Like he writes and directs all of his all of his movies. I think that that's definitely one thing that sets him apart. Uh, I have a synopsis for this. Two adults and a juvenile burglar break into a house occupied by a brother and sister and their stolen children and can't, and their stolen children and can't escape. That's not a great synopsis. This stars Brandon Quinton Adams, Everett McGill, Wendy, Robbie and Ving Rames, Kevin, We'll start it off with you. What did you think of the people under the stairs? 
This is was completely different than what I thought it was. Yeah, it's a lot I different. Was not, I was not expecting this to be like so comedic. It's almost a kids movie. It's, like it's, it's it's so silly. Yeah, it's it's adult. It is it is definitely for adults, but it's almost a kids movie. Almost. It's, it's like yeah, it's like a action adventure for kids, but with incest to make it adult. Incest and. It's pretty violent too, and a little bit of violence. There's some f bombs thrown in. Yeah, a lot of child I abuse. Was, I was I was not ready for the comedy, and I gotta say I don't know if I'm a huge fan of Wes Craven's style of comedy. <laughs> it's a bit too slapstick at certain points for me. It, Especially the the Everett McGill character, the the husband brother, whatever the hell you want to call him. He was just he was a bit much at times. I I loved this movie. I maybe it's partial nostalgia on on my part, but I think that the the comedy it fits. It just fits with the time period that this movie came out. I felt like there were a lot of movies like this. It was like a more adult version of Home Alone. I liked the fact that there was this this huge house that had all these traps and secret passageways and you're you're ducking in th- like in the walls and and the uh, the stairs that go down to the basement. You could hit that lever and it would, it would turn into like a slide. And I loved all that stuff about it. I like I liked Everett McGill's character because he reminded me because he was so weird and he he wore that like leather gimp outfit. Yeah, and I loved that that was never explained. never explained ever and. He and Wendy Robbie were just so bizarre. It was almost as if they were reprising their roles from Twin Peaks because they played husband and wife in Twin Peaks, and it just felt it felt like they were the same characters. Well, the other thing that I that I did thoroughly enjoy about this movie, and again, I wasn't real because I didn't know who was in this or what it was even about. Is I love the fact that it's essentially a horror movie just about how fucking weird white people can be yeah so going back going back to kind of the 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 subtext that Wes Craven likes to throw into his movies this is all about uh classism essentially and and how these this weird couple this incestuous couple are landowners they're landlords and they're kind of trying to kick everybody out of their their homes and it's all kind of poor black people living in these in these homes and they're trying to, and they're, yeah, they're it's all run down. Yeah. And they're, they're sitting on piles, literally mountains of money. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it is because not only do you have that going on, but their, their, their characters, this, this couple is that how they, they kind of play that hokey, like perfect 50, 1950s. Yeah. Super, some family stuff. <laughs> super religious too. And that's the other thing. <laughs> You know, underneath of it, they're fucking insane. Yeah, they have kids kept in their basement. <laughs> they still a shit ton of kids, apparently. Yeah, yes, they and did. They just kept them downstairs, I guess. Yeah, I don't. That seems like a lot of work. I don't know why you would do that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I guess they could just kill them, but at the end, that's. I guess what... that's where they they draw the line. At least they, you know, they're not full on evil that they're killing these kids. They still develop them into yeah, especially because like, like feral. feral it, yeah, because one of them gets out, so one of them 
gets out and ends up in living in the walls. And they know that for a while. They know that he's in the walls, and they just let it go. They don't finally decide to do something about it until uh, Brandon Quentin Adams and Ving Rhames and the other guy break in to, to steal. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're already in the process of killing other people, you might as well get people on the you know on the sidelines too. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you got to take care of all that at the same time. I would imagine. Yeah, that's and that, how it works. Yeah, and I think that that's what they end up doing. A lot of this is uh, them trying to escape this dog too, this Rottweiler. The dog is just everywhere, and it never stops. Uh, but I, I liked yeah. it. I liked the fact that the the main character of this movie was a, what is he thirteen? Yeah, thirteen year old kid. I liked that. I thought the I thought the Ving Rhames was hilarious in this movie <laughs> because he was such a dick to this kid. Yeah, he was, and uh, he wasn't. He wasn't that smart either. No, no, of course not. Throw that out there. I do. I do like the setup for this movie, right? Because Ving Rhames is, I guess, a friend of the family or something. Or is he dating the kid's sister? Uh, Yeah, I think he was dating the kid's sister. So he's dating the kid's sister, and he's like, "I got some. I got something that you can do to make some money." And he's like, "I found this treasure map." And, (laughs) And the first thing you're like is, "What? Wait, what? You found a treasure map?" Excuse me? Where, where did you find this? <laughs> it's like, Wasn't it like a liquor store? Yeah, it was, he's like, it was in the back of a liquor store because they they also owned the building that had the liquor store. And I guess he dropped it or something. And it's like, why does he have a map, a treasure yeah, why map? Is he, why is he carrying it around with him? It's his house. Shouldn't he know yeah, where it's his... Under, it's under where he fucking sleeps. <laughs> Should... What's he need a treasure map <laughs> Shouldn't he know is, where his gold is, is stored? <laughs> What does this treasure map say? It just says, in the basement. Yeah, and they ne- and they never say... For, okay, so they never say what it is, like, what this treasure map is. And you never see it. He's holding it, so you know that it exists. But then once they get into the house, they don't use it. And they're, ser- no, they're, they're, they're searching the around the house. The point of a treasure map is to show the location of said treasure. And yet, when they get into the house, they're just wandering around like idiots the whole time. And I mean, well, they, and that's best case scenario. Is that's what you want your treasure map to be. Now, the only thing that I can guess, again, is that the treasure map just says, my house. <laughs> you know, it's just like a reminder. Like, hey, don't my, forget. My house. <laughs> Gold's at your house. Just a slip of paper that says, gold equals at home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. But that that aside, I still had so much fun with this movie. I've seen this movie is, many times and it's just I have a blast every time I see it. It is it is pretty fun. And it does again, it gets it gets so silly. Especially when Roach shows up yeah. and starts helping out and you're just like, What what are we watching? Yeah, what t- are we doing? Totally totally this movie is all over the map. I mean it is just you never know what you're gonna get with this movie because some of it is pretty dark and then other other times it gets yeah. so l- ridiculously goofy that you're just yeah, like what you know it's it's extremely dark and then next second you know everett mcgill's dancing around being hokey and then he gets bonked on the head <laughs> yeah yeah there's a significant amount of head bonking happening oh my it's a good time though yeah i i think that this movie's fantastic 
I don't. I don't. This was. I gotta say, though, this is like the complete opposite of what I was expecting. Oh yeah, because when you see when you hear the when you see the poster and you read the title, the people under the stairs, you think that it's going to be this kind of creepy, maybe even like the hills have eyes style. Yeah, but the people under the stairs, they're not even scary. They're they're, they're just, not even bad. They're they're they're, they're pretty much good guys. They just don't stop moaning for some reason. It's also odd because like you, you would think. I mean, because that's an old home. There's you know those walls are paper thin you can hear it throughout the house you gotta think that people around in that neighborhood are like there's a shit ton of noise coming from that house just like weird ass moaning 24 <laughs> 7 yeah can someone check that out please i i did bring that up this time around when i watched it because once everett mcgill gets going with that shotgun he's just blasting holes he's all, everywhere everything. everywhere and and then at one point the cops come and they're they're looking around, and it's like they don't see the the bullet holes everywhere throughout this house. How can they not see something? How can they not see something that looks out of the ordinary in there? I mean, there was like when Ving Rhames got killed. I'm pretty sure all of his blood came out of his body, and was <laughs> like, did you? I mean, it was the entire floor was just covered in blood. Well, plus he, like he fell down like three. Three flights of stairs. Oh yeah. So you got you got blood all over the hallway, upstairs, down the staircase, all over the floor. I mean, there's just blood everywhere. And and not just from Ving Rhames either. There's the other guy, and there was uh, Everett McGill. I think was injured by that point. He had the head wound. There'd be blood everywhere throughout that house. And there was yeah, there was a lot of house. cops searching through that it. Whole, that whole house would just smell like blood. Yeah. I mean, it would it would probably stink regardless because of all the because you don't clean those people, people under the stairs yeah oh and there's God, a lot of them they're just rolling around in their own filth yeah because they're uh, what do you think there's a toilet down there for them to use no they're pissing and shitting in the corner yeah plus also, i i gotta wonder why you, why you have your gold stashed by the people under the stairs i don't know maybe that's kind of a deterrent for because apparently they're so scary that that one guy died because he was so scared yeah, but at the same time, you have... Again, there's no bathroom. I'd be afraid that the people under stairs would be shitting and pissing all over my gold and my money. <laughs> oh my or eating it. Or, know, or eating it. <laughs> eating it. I'm sure Everett McGill told them not to. <laughs> Don't. Like, what, you, like, Don't do their it. Face in? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, you... That, you, that just reminded, that reminded me of... Uh, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. When he'd open up that room, I was like, "Do you think Everett McGill goes down there and swims around in it?" Probably. I mean, you. I would. You saw the the cash, the cash that he had. You oh, yeah. you don't pile up your cash like that if you don't plan on swimming in it. Well, of course. I mean, I yeah, I would want to swim in it, but at the same time, I'd be too afraid that there'd be piss and shit everywhere. Oh yeah, of course. And probably roaches. Not yeah. Roach the guy, but he'd probably be in there too. But also. <laughs> insects roaches yeah that's just a weird place to store your money and gold i don't think they were too concerned about living in filth because their house was pretty disgusting all around yeah, yeah. which is funny because if you have that much money you know yeah. renovate know, just, renovate a little bit come on no, they're fucked up white people rich white people they're weird yeah maybe that's maybe that's what it is the fact that 
they're they're just hoarding all of this money, not spending any of it, and yet still taking more from exactly. you know the lower class. That's what it's all about. Yeah, well, I definitely recommend people on the stairs. Uh, let's see, what do I want to rate this one? Uh, I'm gonna give this one a seven and a half out of ten. Oh boy, I'm gonna give it a six. Six out of ten. There you go. People under the stairs. I definitely think that it's Wes Craven's one of his funnest movies. I, I don't go into it expecting a horror show. Don't don't go into it expecting it to be scary. But I think that it is one of his funnest movies. It's what? it's like Wes Anderson. Or why do I keep saying that? Wes Craven. Because <laughs> I'm reading it on my screen and I'm just like automatically. Because I talk about the other one more. But it's like Wes, Wes Craven directed The Goonies or something. Oh. So, yep, check it out. Absolutely. Definitely worth it. Let's move on and talk about some of what we've been watching. Now, like I said, I crammed in a whole bunch of Wes Craven stuff. I, I never saw his very last movie, My Soul to Take, from 2010. So I watched that. That's... A shame. It is a damn shame that that has to be his last movie because it was really bad. It was terrible. I think it was probably his worst movie. And in my letterbox blurb that I wrote, I said that it seemed to me like there had to be something that happened behind the scenes to make this movie such a mess. Because at this point, I've seen 15 Wes Craven films and... This one, it just didn't work. It was just, it it was incoherent. It was not, it was so poorly edited and it was just bad. It was a bad, awful, awful movie. And apparently uh, somebody told me on Letterboxd that the, apparently he was having a lot of problems with the cast because it's it's all young people. It's it's about seven young people kids who they they all have the same birthday and supposedly what happened was there was this serial killer who the the serial killer had multiple souls and when he died the night that he died there were these seven kids born and each one of these kids got one soul from this from this guy and one of those seven was the bad one the serial killer one but when you watch it, you're just like, none of this makes a goddamn bit of sense at all. It's ridiculous. And then as as they die, the souls of the one, one the person that died goes into one of the other ones. So then there's like two souls in the one body, and then three and four and so on. It's kind of an interesting premise. A little, I mean, it definitely feels like a Wes Craven story, but yeah. It just does not work. It is, it is not good. So, mm. yeah, my soul to take. Do not recommend. I also rewatched Swamp Thing, which I haven't seen this forever, and it's pretty bad, honestly. I used to love Swamp Thing. Do you remember the the TV show? There was a there was a live action TV show, but then there was also the cartoon. Nope. Don't remember Swamp Thing. Uh uh-uh. I used to love Swamp Thing. And I think it's interesting because this is Wes Craven essentially doing a superhero movie. This was a DC Comics character. And 
This is with uh, Adrian Barbeau and Ray Wise, which Ray, Ray Wise plays the human version of of Swamp Thing, and I didn't I didn't remember that at all. <laughs> it's it's uh, basically like a Frankenstein story. Yeah. Uh, it, it for me it didn't work. It's it's not very good. There's these really weird transitions. It's almost like Wes Craven or, or whoever edited the film got. Uh, Final Cut Pro for the first time and was playing around with all the different tra- transitions in the program and wanted to use a different one for each transition. So, so like one scene it'll be like blobs going from the bottom to the top, and then the next it'll be like blobs going from the top to the bottom, and it'll be like oh, this. This is like, and then it's like a, a, a left to right wipe, a right to left wipe, and then it's like the little clock motion where it, you know. There's like the line because like counterclockwise and then clockwise. It's it's distracting and ridiculous. Oh my! So that sounds awful. Yeah. So Swamp Thing. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, Swamp Thing's. I don't know. It's it's one of his earlier movies. It came out in '82, so it's it's one of his earlier movies. He was still kind of uh, catching his stride, and it looks so low budget. It the 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 Swamp Thing costume looks terrible. Like you know. Like the the key with these latex suits for monsters is being able to cover up the uh, the folds. You know when it gets bunched up for so for instance, like on on the the bend of your arm. You know if you bend your arm, you don't want it to get bunched up and look like it's latex folding over because then it clearly looks like a suit and not actual skin. Mm-hmm. And they didn't bother with that. Like trying yeah, to deal yeah. with that <laughs> with this suit, it just clearly looks like a guy wearing a green suit. Yeah, but they they completely engulf someone in flames. Though, right? They do, and it's it's that is actually quite impressive. Ray, that's probably that's probably where all the budget went. Yeah, it's because you got to have that scene. It's the eighties. We established that at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, that that scene is actually quite impressive. So there you go. See, that's what you're going for. You at least got to get that in there. I I rewatched. Shocker. Shocker. This is another one that I, for some reason, I I don't know if it's considered one of Wes Craven's best, but I just love Shocker. I think it's just the funniest. It's it's another one that's kind of ridiculous. It's actually a lot like Nightmare on Elm Street, where you have this kind of wisecracking killer, serial killer in it. Yeah. But this guy can kind of f- go through TVs and kill you through a TV. Yes. And... It stars Peter Berg as uh, this kind of this high school kid who gets bonked on the head and has a vision of his mom getting killed. Oh, no. And as it turns out, it, it really happens. His mom does get killed by this this serial killer, and then it's kind of about him going after this this serial killer, who's played by the guy who who um, is in. Uh, X Files. Oh, damn it! What's his name? Oh, Mitch Mitch Pileggi. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the serial killer, Horace Pinker. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's actually a band that came out later called Horace Pinker. Really? Mm-hmm. Never heard of Horace Pinker. Yep. So yeah, Shocker. Definitely recommend it. It is actually coming out on Blu-ray this week, so Scream Factory is releasing it on Blu-ray. If uh, I, I highly recommend any of the Scream Factory releases, they they put out People Under the Stairs recently, 
and then with Shocker this this week. I'm not sure if they put out any of the other Wes Craven stuff, but uh, definitely check their stuff out. So uh, I believe that's all I have as far as Wes Craven stuff. I started watching Deadly Blessing, which is available on Amazon Instant Video if you're a Prime member. I haven't finished it, though, so I can't really say anything about that one. Uh, you're in the midst of it. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous so far. Uh, that's one of his very early ones from 1981. So, do you think that like his his staple is the head bonking? <laughs> is that is that what we're finding out? All mm. right, this is the one that you were telling me it's Amish. Girl. Yeah, yeah. It it stars or it features the guy from The Hills Have Eyes and The Hills Have Eyes too. It's got it, Sharon Stone in it. Yeah, yeah, very young Sharon Stone is in it. Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's... Oh. I'm pretty early on into it, so... I, I am kind of curious, because when you look at Wes Craven's filmography, you know, they're all, they're all pretty standard stuff, and then there's one, one title, that just sticks out like a sore thumb. Music of the Heart from 1999, with Meryl Streep and Angela Bassett and Cloris Leachman. Music from the heart, huh? Yeah, have you seen have you seen that? Huh. The story of know? a school teacher's struggle to teach violin to inner city Harlem kids. Okay. Yeah. Alright. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's like his uh that's his the straight story. <laughs> wow. Everyone everyone has one. I think so, yeah. I d- Gloria, Gloria Stefan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? All right. I am pretty excited to to see some of his other other movies too. Like I want to see Night Visions. Uh, I feel like I've seen Vampire in Brooklyn, but I never logged it on Letterboxd or anything, so I don't remember anything about it. I remember Vampire in Brooklyn. I remember the trailer. I just I. I remember watching that movie with my dad. Fucking loved it. Man, Eddie Murphy was the shit. I loved anything Eddie Murphy did up until a point. And then I finally, there's like that realization. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Eddie Murphy's not good anymore. That's like me and Kurt Russell. I loved everything Kurt Russell was in. The only thing I didn't love him in as a kid was Overboard. I couldn't get behind that one. But mm. like everything else, Kurt Russell I had just such a huge man crush on Kurt Russell. You're all about your Kurt Russell. All right, what do you got on your list? Uh, I watched a, a film debut. I don't know. Have you seen this yet? The Mend. Oh no. The Mend from John Magary. I guess is how you pronounce his name. Don't know. Josh Lucas is the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is uh this is something. Is it a comedy? This is it's kind of a comedy. There's there's comedic things in there. Things going on. It's it's honestly it's all over the place. It's very manic, which kind of, it kind of makes sense and it plays in nicely with the characters and what we're what's going on here because it's two estranged brothers that uh, Josh Lucas is he gets kicked out of the house in the beginning and he just ends up showing up at his brother's house. His brother's having a party. They haven't seen each other. His brother goes off to vacation with his girlfriend and he forgets that Josh Lucas is still in the house. So he just hangs out there for a while, starts to get his life together little by little, and then his brother comes back, but without the girlfriend. 
and then there's that whole thing mm. and they're forced to live with each other and they're both awful to each other got a lot of lot a lot of rage issues going on a lot of resentment just they're just not nice to people mm. really so you got you get to get to sit through that they do you know they kind of hang out and they go out to shows they do some coke off the hood of a car with leo fitzpatrick you know typical new york stuff nice and uh you know it's something that you've seen before you know a couple days where people are just doing what they do trying to grow up you're like 30 some years old yeah trying to figure shit out just trying to just trying to figure figure out your way in the world and guess what spoiler daddy issues that's what it's all about mm. mm-hmm. dad mm-hmm. fucking you got it from dad right. what are you gonna do <laughs> this is this is on my watch list but i just haven't it's it i mean it's a good time it's a good time the the thing that i did like from john maggery and the cinematography of it is like the even the the style of the film is very manic it's it's just it's constantly changing the whole look of the film is just completely changing throughout which keeps everything kind of fresh and lively even though it's something you know we're dealing with a very familiar narrative and you know a surprising uh performance from josh lucas which he really holds the film together Hmm, cool it's like a light recommend and that's uh the men that's available on vod right now and i think it's playing in select cities too i'll i'll uh i'll transition from or segue from yours to seven chinese brothers which is also about a 30 something just trying to find his way in the world get that shit figured out i actually really liked this this movie the the thing about it is that there's just not a lot there there's there's like nothing there's there's really almost (laughs) no plot to the movie at all it's just at the end of the of the film i'm just like what's what wait what's the point of any of this but that's it. I I felt the same exact way. I mean, it's funny in parts here and there, but yeah, when you're done with it, you're just kind of like, oh, so, like, really? Like, you had to tell this story? Yeah, there was just not. There was just nothing there. But uh, I didn't really mind that. I just kind of liked watching this dude live his life because I liked the way that he saw the world. I just, I love just the scene where he tries, where he picks up the, this pen doesn't work. Just that whole thing where he picks up the stapler thing and tries to write with it. Just little Uh, things like that, that I, I found so entertaining and enjoyable. I loved his dog, of course, too. His dog was just endlessly entertaining. I, I did enjoy his conversations with his dog. And I love the my high point was his interaction with Alex Ross Perry. That was funny. The with that the hat the hat throwing. Yeah. And then how he ended up giving him a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. I liked that. And I I liked the impression of the 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 southern person with the conversation the no way. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, uh. Yeah, but oh, that's, all, that's all I remember. <laughs> overall, I liked it. It's just else. yeah, there's just not a whole lot there. I mean, it, it's kind of set up so that there's this semi-alcoholic slacker, and he's got to learn how to be an adult essentially, and 
and but he, and he doesn't really but, even yeah but see yeah that's the thing like he doesn't really that's the only get like, there with it it's the only twist to it he's like oh he didn't really learn anything or move on yeah like the biggest thing is it, t- towards the end when he gets up and he's talking in front of the people and he says i'm gonna try to be a good or better person and that's pretty <laughs> much the extent of it right there he's just gonna, he's gonna give it a shot yeah I still recommend it, though, because I, I still found it, for some reason, incredibly entertaining, and I, I really enjoyed the time I had with it. So, that's Seven Chinese Brothers, available now on VOD and playing in Select Cities. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, perfect segue for me. Seven Chinese Brothers get to move straight into Godard's Goodbye to Language. Perfect. Oh, finally saw this. Finally got to see this on the old Netflix Instant. Which I got to see it in the exact way I think Guitard wanted me to see uh-huh. it, which is 2D. 2D. 2D on a 28-inch TV screen. I think that's what Guitard was going Did for. you make sure to have the subtitles turned on and the volume to 2? Yeah, okay, pretty good. much. Which, thank goodness I did it, because the sound design in Goodbye to Language is... Uh, it's something. Let's say that. It, it, will, it just goes, it goes silent in the middle of a song or whatever is happening. And then it'll just come back in, blaring, screeching violins. Uh, it's experimental in every every way, just about. There is barely any narrative whatsoever, which I'm okay with. But with Godard, it is it's a little difficult with him, especially because this is one of those um, I don't know if you want to call it like a film essay, video essay type thing that he does, where essentially all he does is just trot out a shit ton of references and or quotes or you know scientific people you know he just it's just essentially him going through a list of things that he knows <laughs> however exciting that sounds to you doesn't sound exciting um, to me at all it's much better than film socialism much much better definitely more fascinating there's a lot more actual moments of like beauty to this film there's, uh, you'll like it because there's good dog in it. His dog is in it, Roxy. Yeah, so, like, still. Inters- interspersed throughout this, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's just like, it's like a home video of his dog. He's just, he just has his camera. It's just, it's, it's a very elaborate dog video from YouTube, is what it is. <laughs> Shot in 3D. But there is, um, and it's tough to kind of like judge it because I didn't see it in 3D and he, you know, he kind of revolutionized 3D filming and everything. And there is one scene that you see, and even seeing it in 2D, you know that you're watching something special because it's just a regular scene. And then one of the actresses kind of walks out of the frame off to the side mm. and it's split screens, but it's layered on top of each other. Oh. So you actually see, you'll see the one scene in your left eye and the other scene in your right eye. And then they, then they come back together and it looks wild. I want to know what the hell that looks like in 3D. And just all the other bits that he does in 3D. Probably looks crazy. It probably looks unbelievable. Because they like custom rigged lenses and stuff to do this. And it's just... It seems like the, the actual process of shooting this is much, much more fascinating than what you actually get to witness. Yeah, that's why I never saw least, it. You cause... know, in, in, two, in 2D form. You're like, okay, well, this isn't... It's not that special. Yeah. Yeah, I had multiple opportunities to see this. 
It was playing what, in 3D. Yeah, in 3D. It was playing in New York forever. Like, but I just, I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to. It's just some of it. It's just like in the beginning, there's a uh, guy's reading a book, and he's, he kind of makes a remark that you know the author didn't have to Google to find the the subtitle for his book, and then he goes into a thing like you know what did what did people use thumbsport before you know everyone had smartphones. And then it cuts to like just a shot of like people standing, but all you can see is their hands, and it's just two guys both holding a phone, swiping with their thumbs, and then hand phones back and forth. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. real clever, Godard. Oh, you you sure got him. Way to go. Technology. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. And then there's and then there's it's just guys sitting on the toilet taking a shit. Is the shit in three D? No, oh. you don't. You don't see the shit. You just you just hear all the farting. Oh, so it's good dark with fart jokes. Cool, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another perfect segue here. I sell spy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the one that came out earlier this year with the uh, the Paul Feig directed one with Melissa McCarthy. And uh, I gotta say, when this first came out, I didn't bother seeing it in the theater because I was just. I was kind of done with, I was done with the action comedies. I was done with the Melissa McCarthy shtick, but I went ahead and watched this one, and I gotta say, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. It's really funny, and it's actually a pretty decent action movie too. So, I was very surprised. There was one joke that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what it is, but you have to see it to fully take it in there's a scene where it's when she first becomes a field agent and they're giving her all of her gadgets that she might have to use out in the field and they're all because her the persona the the identity that they gave her is this like you know 40 something frumpy middle-aged single woman and so they're giving her things like hemorrhoid cream and and like, like uh, vaginal wipes and stuff, and like all this gross like ointments and things like that, and like like toenail fungus spray. And one of the things that they give her is a, a Beaches watch. So it's it's a watch that is for the movie Beaches with Bette Midler. And it, and when you see this thing, it, it, I was just rolling. It was so funny. A beaches watch, but I actually, yeah, I was really, really surprised at how much I had fun with this this movie. It's it's a blast, and I I definitely recommend it. It's really, really surprised. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check. It. Yeah, you will. It's because because I'm kind of the same way. I've kind of grown tired of the Melissa McCarthy shtick. It for some reason it really works in this movie, and I mean I think maybe that's because. They make her a competent spy. She's good at her job, and I think. Well, that's okay. That's. Funny. And I think that that's that's partially what makes this work. And of course, there are like some jokes. You know, the the one where she's trying to she's chasing somebody, and the and the person jumps over a car, and she tries to do it, and she just ends up you know rolling off the hood. So there there are things like that, but they're yeah. few and far between. It's it's worth seeing. I think I would have been put off ever since watching. Shit, I can't even remember the name of that. 
I mean, it's not a huge departure. Like, she still is that character where she's she acts sometimes in the film. It's kind of hard to describe without getting into, like, specific plot details. But there are times in the film where she acts tough and she tells people what she's going to do to them. Like, I'm going to stick my fist up your asshole and rip out your throat and stuff like that. And hmm. It's also surprisingly violent. <laughs> the level of violence in this movie is sometimes completely ridiculous. But it's funny because she always reacts... She always reacts to the violence in a really funny way. Like, the first time something really, really horrifically violent happens, she vomits on the guy, <laughs> on the dead body. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. It's funny. Uh, Anything else? No, that's 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 all I got. Okay. I'll rapid-fire some, uh, some of these other things. I saw Bloodsucking Bastards, which is a horror comedy about... Uh, imagine Office Space, but with vampires. And you mm. and you have blood sucking bastards. It's with Fran Kranz. It's decent. It's not. It's not bad. It's not great. There. It didn't make me laugh. There. There are a few funny moments. But if it, it mm. felt like it mm. felt like an older movie. Like it felt uh, like a movie that probably should have come out maybe five or ten years ago. Yeah. And I think it probably would have worked better than now. Now it just feels like it's kind of played out. But it, it was. It was decent. It wasn't. Horrible. I have a full review for that up on the site. Dirty Weekend. Uh, this was bad. This is Neil Le- LeBute's movie, the one we talked about on... Oh, we've been talking about Dirty Weekend yeah. all week. Uh, so, dirty this is the one... Was it dirty? No, it wasn't. And that was part of the problem. It's with Alice Eve and Matthew Broderick. They play co-workers who get stuck in Albuquerque after bad weather, cancels their flight to Dallas, and they end up having a series of conversations where each of them kind of uh, tell each other a secret uh, uh, that's sexual in nature about themselves. And it's just kind of an exploration of that. However, it doesn't work at all. And the secrets are boring and the whole movie is boring and it's the most dull, boring movie (laughs) ever. It's not funny. It's not edgy. It's not dirty. It's it's just a bore. It is a boring ass movie. There is some incest in it, which what? which never even gets addressed. Like they they bring it up, and you know that it that it is incest, but it's it's not like they just kind of gloss over it. And it's like why why are you not getting into this a lot more? Because because that could be potentially interesting. It's uh, I don't understand how. And it, it's how incest can ever just be like it's glossed over yeah it's glossed just over. glossed over like yada 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 yeah it's Incest. moving on yeah it's it's a huge disappointment not it's not funny in the slightest bit and the music that plays throughout is this kind of smooth jazz <laughs> it's oh, so no. bad oh my no, lord it feels like this like movie feels like it's straight out of 1997 it feels like it's one of those straight to video movies that you would see pop up on Hollywood at Hollywood video and they'd have like two copies of it and you'd go on a Friday night and all the good shit's gone. So you end up with a copy of dirty weekend and you watch, you watch it and you just hate existence because of it. Oh, that used to be the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so dirty weekend, do not watch, uh, blood sucking bastards. Yeah. Worth a look. If you're looking for kind of a, a, a light horror comedy, 
Uh, and then the other one I saw was Redeemer, which is... I think it's out now on DVD, actually. I think it came out this past week on DVD and VOD. This is a, a Chilean martial arts action movie. Okay. And it's, it's funny. Did you ever see movies that kind of make fun of action movies? Like, like um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. And the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is the Netflix show Sense8, that Wachowski one. Because uh, that's just the latest, the latest thing I saw. But sometimes in movies, you'll there'll be like a movie within a movie or a TV show within the movie, and it's kind of mm-hmm. making fun of these over the top Robert Rodriguez style action movies. You know, where yeah. every or, or John Woo even, where it's like everything's in slow motion. You have the doves and like it, it, it's in a church and all this stuff. You gotta, this you gotta have them yeah, this is that movie. This is a, f- a full-length version of that movie. It is so over-the-top and ridiculous, and I kind of liked it because of that. It is... I, I, Sometimes you just need, you well, need doves. Well, well, see, that's... Well, and there, to be fair, there are no doves in this movie, but there's a lot of slow-motion, ridiculous f- well, fights I mean, happening in churches and things. That's, that's kind of unfortunate, because you had me hooked with the doves, and now you're taking the doves away, and how am I supposed to feel now? Because there's not dubs in this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's really, really violent. Like, it's almost horror movie levels of, of violence. It's almost, uh, I would, I would say probably the Raid movies were an influence on this. Okay. Because it's, it's that similar style where it's heavy on, it's light on plot, heavy on action, and the the action is very brutal. Like there's one scene where there's a, uh, he's, he's fighting some dudes in a, in a, a, a dock area where there's a lot of boats okay. and there's a, there's a boat that is turned on and the, the engine of the boat, the propeller sticking out of the, out of the water. It's like, it's like up on a trailer and, oh, uh, he puts someone fa- oh, someone's face in it and basically their oh, head geez. explodes. Oh jeez. Uh there's also a scene where he takes a meat like a meat hook, like a big meat hook. I think it's actually a fish hook and shoves it into a guy's mouth and it goes up through the roof of his mouth and out his eyeball and then he drags the guy on the ground. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so over the top violent. It's it's a pretty fun movie actually. It is the th- the thing about it is you can't go into it thinking that it's going to be uh like a like a well-made movie you just yeah. got to go into it because the reason i liked it is because we haven't seen any movies like this for quite a while where it's just mindless action you know mm-hmm. i feel like we've been not getting a whole lot of these types of movies over the last few years and while the raid one and two kind of uh ruined all action movies like this for me because nothing can be on that level to me this is still a decent one to watch. I still like I'm I find myself every single day wanting to see that kitchen fight. Oh man. Yeah. Like I just I wish I just had just the kitchen fight. Like I like I I wish I had a computer that was just dedicated to that. That was the only thing that was on the computer it was just a file of the kitchen fight that I could just pop it in Hell yeah. anytime. Just start it up. Like I need to see that kitchen fight. Hell yeah! Wake up at four o'clock in the morning. Be like, damn, I'm up. Watch that kitchen fight. <laughs> it's 
start your day off right with a kitchen fight. <laughs> that's exactly how you say it. Yeah, that's how you sell it. Hmm. It's just it's, it comes on a portable hard drive. It has it has one one terabyte, but it only has the kitchen fight on it. That's it. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, all the other bytes are just for show. <laughs> no, they are not there to not be used. No, you can't. You can't use they, them. They won't even let. They won't even let you use it. When you put anything else in there, it just automatically gets corrupted by the kitchen <laughs> fight and becomes another kitchen fight file. <laughs> it duplicates the kitchen fight. <laughs> exactly. Like you can't get around it. There's nothing you can do. I like that. I like that idea. Uh, Redeemer available on DVD and Blu-ray right now, so you can check that out. It might just be a DVD. I'm not sure, but it is available on VOD, I believe. So, uh, you'll light recommend for me on that one. Let's go ahead and talk about some predictions. Last week, Transporter refueled. You said 12. I said 16. Actual 18. Wow. That's that's kind of high. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess mean, so. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not it's not but it is in my eyes. Yeah. 18 seems entirely too high. Well, considering considering uh, was it Hitman Agent Forty Seven got was that like an eight or nine or whatever you know? Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's talk about what we got coming out next week. The visit. This is the M Night Shyamalan. Ryan asked me about this. He's like, "What do you what do you think of the visit?" He said, it looks pretty good, and I'm like, "Man, first of all, it's found footage. Second, M Night Shyamalan. Those are two red flags for me right there." Now, mm-hmm. granted, the trailers make it look intensely creepy, but with M. Night Shyamalan movies, you can never go by the, the trailer because it could have a completely different, you know, it could be completely different. The Happening is a good example of that, and we'll, we'll be coming back to that this week on Ryan Watches oh, the Movie. Yeah. So. Nice. So, I don't know. What do you think of The Visit? The Visit. Uh, ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah you uh i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be received a little bit better than that and i'll say a 32 okay we also have the perfect guy which is uh i, I don't know what what to say about this it doesn't look good what, what, what is it like an action movie is it a romantic comedy what? it's a it's a thriller it's a, it looks like some sort of 90s-esque erotic thriller. Oh, we got Morris Chestnut? Yeah. Uh, I'll say... I'll say 24 on that one. 24? I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go 26. Alright. And in limited release, we have Time Out of Mind. I'm not sure what that is. Time Out of Mind. Time Out of Mind. Yeah, I'm not sure what that one is. Good Night, Mommy. Uh, I recommend... Oh, that's... Oh, Time Out of Mind is Richard... Gear. That's, that's, that's oh, it's actually by the guy. Um, shit. Ern Ern Muberman. What's the? He did that movie with Woody Harrelson. We oh, uh, ramp. Was it Rampart? Yeah, Rampart, The Messenger. Yeah. Hmm. That's it's directed by him. Huh. Interesting. I didn't even I didn't even know he had a new movie coming. No, out. I didn't either. Actually. Uh, Good Night, Mommy. I recommend. I. I Definitely recommend that one. Wait, you, you got to see that? Oh, that's right. You take it to see that. I did. I did. 
solid horror movie. There's there's some big uh, twisties in it that you really. It's one of those movies that it's really difficult to really say anything about. But gotcha. uh, a brilliant young mind sleeping with other people. That's the one with Jason Sudeikis and uh, what's her name? Allison Brie. Is that her name? This is yeah. From yeah. from Community. It looks decent. It looks pretty average actually. Breathe. Uh, 90 Minutes in Heaven, Listening, that's a indie sci-fi movie that seems pretty interesting. We're, we actually may be covering that one next week. Oh. Welcome to Leith, that's a quite interesting documentary that I saw at, at a film festival a while back about a, a town that is essentially taken over by white supremacists. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I remember you talking about it's, that It's It's definitely crazy, worth... Worth a look. It does lose steam as the film goes on because something happens that kind of... I mean, it's good for, for everybody involved, but it kind of ruins ruins the movie from a documentary perspective because the main person ends up going away. So, uh, yeah. But it's it's still worth a look. Uh, we also have How to Change the World. That's, uh, I think, a global warming documentary or something like that. Ooh, that could be informative. When are they going to stop with those? The the eat, the food documentaries and, and, the, and the global warming documentaries. Enough. We get it. Shit's just, fucked up. Yeah. But at this point, I feel like most of those documentaries are preaching to the choir. Would, yeah, that's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. And, you know, it's like, enough, enough of that. I get it. It's like, you know... The, I can I can appreciate it to in a sense that you know what they're trying to do, it's a good thing. But at the same time, you're essentially just preaching to the choir, and then all you're doing is having a bunch of people that are already on your side, just going to be patting you on the back and saying, "Oh, this is a really good documentary. Well, this is important work." And it's not because the people that need to be watching this, they're not going to watch it. They're never going to watch it. So you're wasting your time. Stop it. Yeah, I can. We don't need this. Is this is like documentary number 47 yeah. about climate change stop I, I hope on documentary now they do a parody of those i would love i would love to see that um i i completely agree with you on that kind of it means they have the best intentions yeah but. of course but also for people like us i see a lot of documentaries most people don't see as many documentaries as we do and so yeah when when you see five movies come out every year about food or climate change. It's it's too much for us, but a lot of people that may be the only documentary they see this year. So you know. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you're going in, you know, like like where I live, Pennsylvania, I'm like, hey, you want to see how to change the world it's about climate control? They'll be like, oh yeah, it still gets really cold in the winter. So that's <laughs> I, love, I love that argument. That's the best argument because. Anytime somebody says that, it lets you know, okay, I need to stop talking to this person right now and never talk to them again because they're the dumbest person ever. I literally had um, on a smoke break during the winter, and this is great because this happens quite often. Be like, well, it's colder here than it is in Alaska right now. So, yeah, right. Climate change. Bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Just like, okay, sure. (laughs) <laughs> Let me take a couple steps over. What here. you need to do 
is have have a slideshow prepared. So the next time somebody does that, you pull out an iPad and you show them. It's funny that you should say that. I mean, yeah. you know, 67 slides. But, you know, I, I come from a place that, you know, how many trucks I see daily that have a giant, I'm talking a, a flagpole, flagpole stuck in the bed of a truck that has a Confederate flag, like a full-size Confederate flag hanging from it. They put uh, a flagpole that you put in the ground <laughs> outside of buildings. They put that in the bed of their truck and drive around with it. So that's where I come from. So, yeah. Well, in that case, movies like this are really a non-issue because you're not going to be able to see them there anyway. They won't be playing there. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, next week on Video On Demand, like uh, nothing, almost nothing. Okay. Checkmate comes yeah. out on... Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, and then listening comes out. That's really it. So, super light week as far as VOD stuff next week. Nice. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It's supposed to be at the beach, that's why. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what that's all about. Why? I don't know. I'm just figuring people, people don't have money because they're going on, the, on their vacays. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Next week on Blu-ray, we do have a lot of stuff on Blu-ray coming out next week oh, though shit. so this this is where you can get caught up in some of your older stuff we have shocker like i mentioned the man who wasn't there which is the the coen brothers one we saw in baltimore mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah that's that was good that was good times that's based on my life yeah story. <laughs> i still want to get get you a t-shirt that says the man who wasn't there <laughs> uh we have uh age of adeline that's the one with Blake Lively that I wasn't interested in at all. The editor, which is the latest one from Astron Six, it's a G- Giallo. No, I didn't. I didn't get around to it. Uh, I again, I have it on my pile, but I have not. I haven't gotten around to it yet. We even interviewed them about that movie. <laughs> we had them on the show talking about this movie, and I have yet to see it. Wow. Maybe, maybe next week's the week. Um, all right, what else do we have here? Crystal Lake Memories. This is the Friday the 13th documentary, the one that's super long. It's like nine hours long. Uh, totally worth it. If you're into the Friday the 13th movies, definitely check it out because it's it's awesome. It is so in-depth. It's, it's one that, I mean, it's broken up into parts, so it's not meant to be watched all at once. Yeah, it's more like a mini Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And I, I like it. I like doing it that way rather than trying to cram everything into one two hour long documentary and then you know skimming over certain parts so uh turkey shoot that's a classic exploitation movie oh yeah that's right i'm supposed to watch yeah brian trenchard smith which how are you doing by the way um i'm working on it i'm working on it I dropped I dropped my Hulu Plus membership because I got pissed because every time I try to watch something there'd be like thirty five commercials for Dude, for uh, Hulu. Hulu's a fucking joke. What was the 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 commercials were for Connecticut? Uh, six to eight commercials per well, one TV show. One TV well, show for Connecticut. That's the biggest problem with Hulu. Like it's bad enough that you have an egregious amount of commercials. Okay, and then you have the audacity to come out with like the, you know, pay more and there's no commercials, but there's actually some commercials. Like, just can you give me no fucking commercials? And but 
even with that, it's like, can you just switch them up, please? Exactly. That's the just switch that's em. the thing. I can't take. That's it. the thing. I would have been able to do it if they switched up the commercials like regular TV, where it's a variety. But when it's the same commercial every time, I go insane. If you're trying to binge watch a TV show that's, you know, 13 plus episodes, and you're seeing an ad for Connecticut three to four times per episode, holy shit. Holy shit. Ads for Connecticut for like do people forget that Connecticut exists? Well, uh, I don't know. What do you need commercials for? I don't know. It's Connecticut. A lot of people hear vacation in Connecticut, so uh, maybe maybe that's what it is. But yeah, but you think they got enough with word of mouth? I don't think Connecticut needs to be spending money on getting commercials out there on the Hulu. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're just wasting your money, Connecticut. Yeah. Jesus well, well, especially because now I'm actively not going to Connecticut just because of that. You know, despite yeah, that. Exactly. So uh, they do. They do actually. Just this week, they announced a completely commercial-free version of Hulu. So I know that's why. That's why I was kind of hinting at. But they still play like a commercial at the beginning. Do they? And you got it. Yeah, and you got to pay like thirteen bucks. Now. Yeah, I knew. I knew it's that. Like, but that's what they sold themselves as. In, in, well, in the, the beginning, beginning when it was Hulu, only like six bucks. Yeah, Hulu Plus. In the beginning, the reason that you got Hulu Plus is because there were no commercials. That was the but, thing. But there's always fucking commercials. Hulu, regular Hulu, when it first came out, you could see all the shows. Like, all the shows that they had and the movies and stuff, they were available for free on your computer. But then they came out with Hulu Plus, and they were like, oh, there's no commercials, and you can watch it on your phone and your iPad and your Xbox and all that stuff. But then they're like, oh, well, we're going to put commercials in, but we're not changing the price or anything. And it's like, yeah. what's what's going on here, guys? Seriously. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. And now you go to double the price and you're telling me that there's no commercials. What makes me think that you're not just going to do that shit again? Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to be like, oh, three months into it. Like, oh, we're sorry, but there's commercials. And they, do, and they sneak them in. So it's like they, they first start off, there's just one commercial before the show and one after. But, yeah, but, and they always but do then, that where it's like, hey, if you watch one 40-minute oh, yeah, that one. now, you don't have to watch anymore. That's the worst. And it always fucking freezes halfway through the goddamn commercial, and the whole thing crashes. That's the worst. You gotta restart it up again. You gotta watch the commercial again. There was one, the one that I, it was when I gave up on Hulu Plus. They kept offering me that, and it was one with Jeremy Piven. It was some, it was some ad for, it was a car commercial with Jeremy Piven, and it was like, you can watch this, and it's like, eight minutes long but it was like every episode of the show that i was trying to watch and you know this is a show that is it's a 30 minute show on network tv so there's already commercials so that means it's only about 22 minutes long so it's like it's just i don't know anyway but the the one last thing the thing that makes it worse is they put that little thing up in the corner it's like is this relevant and i always say no click no on it you still see it and it It means nothing swap out a commercial please it means nothing i've hit no on that relevant thing so many times but see i wonder if they if they do that on purpose like if you clicked yes then they would switch it until you find one that you click no on they're like we're just gonna keep fucking showing it to them like, I think they do it on purpose to try and make you go insane. I I think so. Well, either way, maybe I'll... I'll uh, they, they sent me an email recently, and they were like, come back to us, we'll give you such and such a free thing or whatever. 
So maybe maybe I'll sign back up. But I, I do plan on getting through that that list by the end of the year. I haven't given up on it. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I like our feature review of Hulu. That was fun. Well, you know, sometimes you got to go off on a rant. It's got to it's got to happen sometimes. Got to touch those tangents. Back to the Blu-ray stuff. What else have we got? Society Arrow Videos putting out Society. Oh shit! That's on Pandora right now. Highly highly recommend Society. It is. I do want to check this. It's one out. ridiculous. It is completely batshit crazy. Yes. And in, in the best kinds of ways. Return of the Living Dead is getting a, a blue Blu-ray release. A new new release. I think this is. Is this a Scream Factory? It looks like it's a Scream Factory. Um. Doo, 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 doo. I can't see if it says Scream Factory or not, but it looks awesome. The cover looks freaking cool as hell. So definitely, I'm definitely picking that up. Uh, the Happening is getting a Blu-ray release. Citizen Toxie, The Toxic Avenger 4, I think. Blu-ray release. The Fly is getting a new release. From Hell, Hannibal, Two Guns. Oh yeah! Identity Thief, Billy Elliot, Riddick. I liked Riddick actually. That that was uh, surprising. Troll Two getting a Blu-ray release. The Hills Have Eyes, unrated. That's the 2006 version. That's the remake. Gotcha. I believe. Uh, Predators. Awesome cover on that. Uh, I actually liked Predators quite a bit too. 28 Days Later, another awesome looking cover. So, uh, Child's Play, another awesome cover. This, there must be some sort of new, uh, Halloween, yeah, Fox Halloween faceplate. So it looks like Fox is releasing a bunch of their stuff here with, uh, new covers. And they look awesome. Look at them. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, the Child's Play one's not Fox, but it's still cool new release that's that's what it is i was wondering because i was like man there's a lot of like really good horror re-releases coming out and i just realized it's probably because they're getting ready for halloween they always make a big push during halloween season yeah uh what do we got on the criterion front we have one and that's 1980s dressed to kill from brian de palma nice it's got uh the old 4K digital transfer of his preferred unrated version. He's got the unrated version going on here. There's a new conversation between De Palma and No Bombback. So you got that in there. Mm. You got it's a whole bunch of new interviews, making of documentary type deal. You got all sorts of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've never seen Dress I've never seen it either. I've never been a big fan of Brian De Palma, though. I'm a little wishy-washy on him. I can't, I can't, there's things that I like, but usually his projects as a whole, you know, the overall experience, I'm not into them. I might have to give this a look just for the hell of it, just because I never saw this before. So. All right, well, I think that that's uh, going to do it. I don't know if I mentioned that Misery is getting re-released, but that's, that's coming out as well. I think that that's going to do it for the week. Thank you so much for listening if you have any questions you can email them to podcast at filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin and take a look at our patreon page at patreon.com slash filmpulse and consider helping keep filmpulse running 
We appreciate that so very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson, and we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.